0: Welcome to another issue of The Cool Tools Show and Tell, and my guest, Derek Sivers. Derek, would you introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: Uh, Yeah, my name is Derek Sivers. Uh, For many years, I was a professional musician and entrepreneur, but now I'm an amateur programmer and author of four books of
0: pop philosophy. Pop philosophy. Oh, I love that. It's a great way to describe <laughs> that. Um, I have to. I may have to steal that pop philosophy. So uh, <laughs> I've, stole, I've stolen enough of your stuff. <laughs> you can steal so, uh, some of mine.
1: Take it. It's, it's really yeah. It's
0: really great. So it's great to have you here. Um, Thanks. It's always Kim. a delight to talk to you. You're in New Zealand, right?
1: Yeah. So I live in New Zealand full time now. Not just yeah. traveling. I've been here since 2012 when my son was born. Great. We moved here, and I'm a Great. citizen, and love wow, it. Wow, wow. Yeah, and, and by the way, wait before we get too into it, I just have to also just kind of publicly say, I'm just such a huge fan of your work, that your books, like What Technology Wants, and The Inevitable, and even our private conversations, and even your public interviews, uh-huh. I just devour all of it, and well, you've permanently you. changed the way I think well, about so you. many things, so I'm just so honored to do this. it's it's a
0: pleasure and i'm a fan of your work as well um your pop philosophy is really great (laughs) um and i'm looking forward to more of it right now um we've um i know that you have a bunch of cool stuff for us that's uh refreshing and a little different so um tell us about um one of your favorite cool tools these days
1: okay so i gotta say out of massive respect for your cool tools mission yeah. I actually spent about 10 hours preparing for this conversation <laughs> today. Cause I really got kind of thoughtful about what tools have made the biggest difference in my life. Mm-hmm. And some of them have already been covered. No on problem. kk.org slash cool tools, but some of them haven't. So I'm going to give a quick kind of like a honorable mention uh-huh. in reverse order to some things that have been mentioned already, but I think are w- worth one more little shout out. Yeah. And then we're going to kind of go in descending order up to the number one. Biggest. Oh, okay. We'll do it. Okay. Top 10 style. All right. Great. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to count down. So, first, Anki, A N K I, the spaced repetition software. The usage, the reason I wanted to mention it is because my kid, who is now 10, has been using it since he was three or four years old. Wow. Every single day since then, he's used it. uh, We use it to identify buildings and landmarks. So, you know, whether it's the Eiffel Tower or, uh, you know, Grand Canyon. Uh, paintings by da Vinci, Jean-Michel Basquiat, whenever he likes something, we put it into Anki so he can constantly remember it and remember who it is so that later in his life he can, all the pieces will fit together later. You know what I mean? Um, he can identify music by Debussy or Miles Davis. So sometimes I'm kind of giving him some cultural, what do you call that? Landmark. Cultural context. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Cultural landmarks and context for things later. Um, Remembering how to spell difficult words, whenever he's writing something, and he spells it wrong, then I will record myself saying the word into Anki as the front of the flashcard. And then he writes it on a piece of paper as like the answer to check his spelling. And lastly, his favorite thing, we call it the where's, is geography. So if you go to the Wikipedia page for any country, over on the right, they'll have the country in a green map, but with no writing on it. They'll just shade in that country in green in its area or in the world and you can copy that ping file put that as the front of the card and then identifying the country is the answer so my kid is just so proud he goes can we please do the wares and he's so proud he kind of gets up and dances and he's just like "Mm, azerbaijan (laughs) (laughs) "Mm, myanmar uh senegal yes and uh and then later he just Later, we learn something about the country, and he fits it together. And yeah. now he recognizes, you know, where Senegal is in the picture of things. And okay, so Anki—that's
0: my—that's
1: uh, one runner-up.
0: one. Right. So before we go to Anki, so yeah, sure. Uh, It's—are you using a phone-based version of it, the web-based, or or what is the actual form that you're using for Anki? Uh, just kind of whatever. If we have a computer around, we'll use
1: the computer. He's got an iPad now, so they have it on the iPad as well. So it and syncs does it across share any device. The same
0: device. files. Uh, th- does yeah. it kind of dip into like like notes? You're, you're sharing the same files on whatever device. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So Anki, uh, the software now has built in a sync feature for free. Yeah. So if you have it installed in multiple places, you just sync your account for free.
0: And, and so, um, just operationally, do you, does he have or you have multiple stacks that you're using, or do you put everything in yeah. one
1: stack? We've put everything. Okay. So we've I think we've got five or six stacks. There's a uh, Nature, which includes mm-hmm. everything like right. medical and trees and animals, right? Um, the wares, geography, uh, math. So, spelling is in English for a little while. He was learning Portuguese, but then we stopped when we left Portugal. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I have about five or six decks for him, right? And just culture, a, culture is a deck.
0: As a reminder to those who are not familiar with the Anki uh, space repetition, the idea of how it works is that you are reminded, um, with a flashcard and you try to remember what's on it. And um, if you remember, it's a longer time before you're shown it again. If you forget, yeah. you're showed it more frequently. So it actually is spaced out to just remind you before you might forget it. And so yeah. by extension, what you're wanting to do is to have long intervals between being reminded of things. Um, that's sort of the goal. And, uh, yeah. But you'll be reminded more often if you are forgetting more often. Perfect description. Yes, so Anki, it's a great uh, aid for any kind of memorization. Um, Students use it, medical students, besides spelling, all kinds of sophisticated uses. So that's an app on the phone and tablet. Yeah, Um,
1: Um, it's cross-platform on Linux, Android, everything.
0: And then there are other versions around, but Anki seems to be the the default um, best one. Yeah. Um, Okay, that's great. So tell us another one. Okay.
1: All right, Um, I feel like I should just give a quick shout out to the Vi text editor, Vi, otherwise known as Vim, lately Neo Vim, they're kind of um, versions of it, because I love this so much because I feel that like decades of work have gone, it's been open source for decades, and so passionate programmers that are really just improving it for their own use, have kept contributing to this thing for intrinsic motivation reasons, not because they think it'll sell better because it's just completely open and free, but when people want to improve it for their own use. So it's really like people who are absolute fanatics about making the best possible text editor have contributed for decades to make Vi. And I just love it. It's just a text describe, editor. And yes, it has a what curve. What it
0: is for those who don't know and, and what, what you use it for. Sure, it's just a
1: plain text editor that you can use in any terminal, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they have graphic versions of it. But it's made by experts. So it has a learning, or it's made for experts, I should say. So it has a learning curve. Like you have to memorize, like to delete around the word you're on, you go D-A-W, delete around word. Uh, And to quit, it's famous, you have to hit colon and then your command, which is W-Q or colon Q exclamation point. So it takes a little while to get these under your fingertips and get them into your memory. But once they're in there, you find that it's just so much quicker and elegant and, and beautiful to type in. these. You can just do things in a few keystrokes that most people would kind of drag their mouse and highlight and squint around. and But you just do it without even looking down at your fingertips because, you know, delete three lines, you go D3J because you learn that the these are motions. So I just... The more I've been using it for 25 years now for everything, all my books, my programming, my emails all day, everything when I'm writing or editing words is all in Vim. And it's just so wonderful. And I just, I'm and so thankful so, for it. So, this
0: is something you say you use in terminal mode. So it's kind mm. of slightly programming. Um, like if you would use, uh, I'm not sure what computer you're using, but you would go into terminal mode to do your email as well
1: yeah so i i even do emails in a terminal program called mutt okay that uh is kind of like you know those of you who were around in the 90s there, there used to be an email program called pine mm-hmm. you just log in as the terminal like in a shell terminal right and it's just plain text and um it's so efficient it's so effective
0: Okay. Um, yeah, it's sort of um, you're you're getting down toward the metal when you're starting working. And that's my perspective yeah. as a someone who's way at the yeah. high GUI uh, <laughs> drag and drop level working down there in the terminal. Um, it feels like you're kind of down in the engine room, and you yeah. have you have access to all this power, but it'd be easy to kind of burn yeah. your fingertips. I think. <laughs> Down in the engine room, but
1: you can burn your fingertips. Well, actually, I'd say with with a text editor, you're not going to really burn anything because it's just it's usually just your own words. It's not like you're kind of messing with the CPU of your computer or something, you know, It, it is just still editing words. But, yeah, it is down. It's doing it at a raw level. What I also like is then I learned it in the first place because I was administering some remote servers that were halfway across the world somewhere And so I could kind of SSH into the server. Now I'm connected to a server in New Jersey somewhere and type some commands and edit files in Vim. Mm -hmm. And so the same editor that I was using to edit files on a remote computer is the same one that I started using on my own laptop for writing books. Mm -hmm. Um, Still just use it for everything. So I I didn't mean that to be a big shout out. I'm going to kind of do a uh, mention some of these runners up
0: quickly. Okay, so but but before we leave before we get to the good stuff. Vim is yeah. I assume open source. It can be downloaded anywhere. Yeah. It's been um, around
1: for decades. Right. Uh, it's yeah, so Vi was the first version of it, VI. Then somebody started improving it. So they called it Vi Improved and they renamed it Vim. And then recently somebody forked it off to improve it further and called it Neo Vim. Okay. And each one does seem to improve upon the previous.
0: Okay. That's a great tool.
1: Okay, so everybody knows about the Kindle. So what I want to give a tiny shout out for is the software program called Calibre, C-A-L-I-B-R-E, which I think might already be on the Cool Tools website. I think somebody's mentioned it before. But if you use, there's a plugin out there called D-E-D-R-M, which you can use to strip out the digital rights management stuff Mm. from Kindle books so that you can then open them on any device and convert them to any format like EPUB or HTML or PDF or whatever. And I've found that really useful just for, I buy the books from Amazon and Kindle, Uh download them into Calibre, and then I convert them into EPUB for future Derek decades from now that might not have a Kindle, but still wants to read the book that I bought back in 2002 you know does it go Um, the
0: other way can you take something and turn it into a kindle readable book
1: that's exactly what i use it for for selling my own books on my website i write them in epub and so the master version is an epub and then i open calibre i use it to convert it to amazon's mobi uh, file for kindle and then i sell that on my site so that people can have the kindle version so calibre does it both directions yeah
0: so you can kind of sell a Kindle book without being on Amazon, basically that allows. Yeah. You to, yeah. 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 So um, there is, by the way, uh, um, there, there is a well, couple well-known um, conversion programs, one run by Kindle itself that allows you to take a PDF and turn it into right. on Kindle, um, yeah. which I do a lot because um, I want to read a, PDF on my Kindle, and so you can just convert it. That's pretty easy. But I had not heard about being able to take another book, an ebook, and turn it into a Kindle book, or vice versa. So that's called yeah. Calibre. And is that a open source yep, app, or also also open yeah. source? It's got a
1: funny yeah. It look, the interface will look like something from 1993, but it's okay. it's brilliant, and everybody just says it's the best, and it seems to be. So Calibre, C L C A C-A-L-I-B-R-E.
0: right? And that presumably works on any platform yeah is it a browser based
1: nope it's just a like a
0: desktop app that
1: you install yeah. on your yeah desktop app yeah okay all right so i have it installed on linux as well so i know it if it works on linux it works on anything
0: right right right
1: okay so kevin as i was putting all this thought into preparing things that i thought were the tools that made the biggest difference in my life i realized that you like to do the Amazon affiliate link. And so there are some things that I was mentioning here that weren't clickable. So I also got three quick mentions that I, I want to talk about things that are actually clickable that somebody could get that are also some of my favorites, including these little uh, wow. fold up shoes, the fold Vibram shoes. They're are Vibram. They, are these are the toe shoes? Uh, no, no, no. They're not the ones with the monkey fingers, although they are made by Vibram. But they are—they're uh, called furoshiki. Oh, look, it's—it's it's on the inside there, Vibram furoshiki. Wow. And these things are so small and flexible. It was actually a ballet dancer that turned me onto these because I said something about a, like I was traveling in Europe and I said, "Wait, but how do you like? How do you exercise and look classy with your heels?" And she said, "Oh no, no, I never wear my exercise shoes on the airplane. I am much too civilized for that." <laughs> so she would wear her good shoes to the airplane and good shoes in public, but for exercising, she just kept these rolled up small in her carry-on bag. And she would just kind of unfold them, put these on, go to the gym, go running, do her ballet, whatever, and then look classy again.
0: So, 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 and what do you use them for yourself?
1: I would just keep them in my bag and just use them just for going to the gym. Okay. Or like if I felt like going running, but if I was traveling, traveling, and just do the single, you know, what do you call it? Carry-on yeah. only. Uh-huh. Um, but I wanted to have something to go to the gym in. I would, yeah, wear my nice shoes to the airport, look good in public, uh-huh. bust these out just to go to the gym or go running.
0: Okay. And and they have enough of a soul to, you're not running barefoot. It doesn't feel like you're running barefoot. It's almost barefoot.
1: It is the super <laughs> thin Vibram thing they're uh-huh. known for. But it's fine. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, so next thing. I've been using this for 25 years. You've probably seen one, the Kensington Expert Mouse Trackball. I love this thing. I love that. I just noticed that when I use it, which is every day for 25 years, my fingers just kind of glide across the balls. I'm like moving around and it's got four buttons. So you can just get these combinations. If you want to do something with these two or those two, You can combine them to do things. The this thing around the ball is your scroll wheel for paging down, scrolling up and down. And I just, it's the most ergonomic, beautiful, wonderful thing. Why don't more people use it? I don't know. I don't know if it just got a, uh, if it looked weird or just didn't catch on or everybody's on a laptop instead of desktop now. I don't know. I see.
0: Is this are they still being made? Are they still being made?
1: Yeah, I checked. I checked before I recommended it to make sure
0: that we could still get it. Huh. Wow. Yeah, I'm still, you know, using an optical mouse. I'm not sure why. Um, The idea of having a stationary ball that you move instead of moving the mouse seems like that's a good idea.
1: I think I I just actually, you're making me remember, all the way back to 1996. I started using this in 1996 because I was in a recording studio, music recording studio, and I only had this much space (laughs) Next to my keyboard where I had to put a mouse. And so I couldn't do the mouse pad. There wasn't enough room. So I had to get a stationary thing. So that's when I fell in love with it and just have ever since. So just love it. Okay. And last kind of clickable thing. Um, Not the glass itself, but my glass of water. Berkey. B-E-R-K-E-Y.
0: Okay. Water
1: purifier. It is a, I couldn't bring it down because it's in the kitchen and it's big, but it's like a four gallon thing. You just fill it with tap water and it's got these two black charcoal water filters that slowly filter the water. They put the top half drips down to the bottom half. Right. And so this, I, I found this water filter when I first moved to England and they have that hard water. So if you try to make tea from the hard water, it has these kind of chunks that float at the top. Yeah. And uh, so I found somebody that really nerded out on water filtration. He tried everything with the reverse osmosis, distillation, Brita filters, these filters, that filters, tried everything, undersink things. And what he found is that the Berkey water purifier did the best job.
0: Wow. It even does it
1: like, even if you put food coloring in the top, it won't come out the bottom. It really wow. filters everything out. Wow. So. Um, I just swear by it ever since then. It's like, as soon as I moved to New Zealand, I just made sure that one was waiting for me on arrival.
0: Uh, And you stock the filters. Are they kind of a standard filter or are they just raw charcoal that you put in bulk or what is. Um, They
1: they fit right in. You kind of
0: screw the cylinder into its place with a kind
1: of cork thing. So it seals it well. And it lasts about five years. I think if you use it every day. So I haven't had to change them yet, but I have my backup. Cylinders
0: just for when these do run out. Wow. Very, that's that's a fantastic recommendation. There it is. Proof test. All right. (laughs) Needed (laughs) to drink anyway. So,
1: okay. So, one last physical thing that is not on Amazon, but is worth recommending is the thing I am inside right now. If you go to studiobricks.com, you will find this wonderful. Recording booth called, it's just a soundproof booth. You can use it for recording. Um, audiologists use uh-huh. it for testing, hearing things. Um, you can use it for conference calls, recording audiobooks. Uh, you can use it for practicing music. Say if you're a saxophonist living in a little apartment. Um, I got this thing a year ago because I was recording my audiobooks a lot. Right. And uh, if the neighbor was mowing the lawn, I'm like, well, I can't record yeah. today. Neighbors mowing the lawn. It's a big lawn. It takes him hours. Somebody's doing construction nearby. I'd have to wait until nighttime to record right, right. my audiobook. So I got this thing and yeah, it's the size of a phone booth. It's substantial, but, uh, it's just so wonderful. It is absolutely dead silent. It's heavy as hell. They'll deliver it like kind of flat packed, but it's still heavy. It's got this super, um, thick glass soundproof door. Uh-huh. Um, as you can see on the website, but I just love it. I use this thing all the time for recording every podcast, um, recording my audiobooks, recording episodes of my uh, my own podcast, or guest on others, or Zoom calls like you this or whatever. Consider
0: just this lining a little uh, area with soundproof um, panels. How does that compare in yeah. terms of either price or performance?
1: So at first, so living in England, I actually like literally went into my little clothes closet and i left an area unused and i went into the closet and i lined it with this kind of stuff and that helps deaden the um the reflection but still when the neighbor mows his lawn you could still hear it uh, you know? so so this actually doesn't just deaden the echo it absolutely shuts out all oh, outside noise yeah okay. so it's it's worth it if that thing really matters to you. It took right. me a long time to find something like this. So yeah, studiobricks.com. They're made in Spain. It's a company in Spain, makes them there and then ships the parts. So I got mine. And is, a, is it a standing
0: standing height booth um, or yeah six feet? Yeah, the roof is uh, foot, eight right foot. here above my head. Okay. It's
1: Yeah, about, uh, what would that be? Seven seven feet probably altogether. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, 2.4 meters.
0: And it has a, a door, a glass door that's insulated yeah. as well. Yeah, and you'll see on the
1: website, you can get them in different sizes if you really care to have more room. Um, you can, but then they just have little, just enough room to stand up with a little bit of room to set up the camera in this case or a right. microphone stand built in. Um, yeah, I love it. And, and does it's, Wi-Fi- It's luxurious. Ha- does Wi-Fi pass through it? It does. Um, but also there's just a little place where you can put your cords like, for example, to get the power cord out of here, they have right, a thing right, where right. the cord goes in and over and out. So my Ethernet cable right now
0: is right, snaked okay. through there. That's that's wonderful. What, what a fantastic <laughs> suggestion. You're the first to suggest that. Good.
1: I was trying to, you know, I, I, I'm a fan of what you're doing, and I've been paying yeah. attention to not just your uh, Cool Tools book, but the podcast for a while. So I was trying to think of things that your listeners would like but not have uh, yeah
0: yeah it's a great okay
1: okay so i'm still doing the the runner-up i'm going to go through these quickly is um the the oxford english dictionary via your local library website it's one of my most used things uh so i live in wellington new zealand the wellington new zealand local library has it where if you're a member of the library you have your card with your member number on it you log into your local library's website and there they have a link where you can use the oxford english dictionary which then is like routes it to england you can tell suddenly it's going slowly wow but um it is the full uh just everything as i'm writing if i'm not a hundred percent sure about a word like i think this is the right word the the version you get online through your local library's website is absolutely unabridged You pull it up, you see the full historical usage of this word, the deep, thorough, verbose definition, the etymology, everything. And so I use it to make sure that I'm using the right word, uh, which Mm -hmm. usually isn't. Sometimes we've been using a word a certain way because we misunderstood it when we were a kid Mm -hmm. and never really looked it up.
0: Right, right, right. Um,
1: So I use that a lot when writing. It's my main, whenever I kind of reinstall a, a browser, it's like my first bookmark. And is be, that
0: really, oh. the is going to the source really the only way that you can get access to the Oxford Dictionary, the full abridged?
1: As far as I can tell, I think you could pay hundreds of dollars to Oxford directly, or to the dictionary uh, directly and use it, but a lot of local libraries have it for free. Okay. Um, strangely enough, I just, you know, until two years ago, I was living in Oxford, England, um... The, the Oxford England local public library did not have free access to the Oxford <laughs> English dictionary. I don't know why, um, but yeah, a lot of others do. So just yeah. check with your local library. Um, just just uh,
0: parenthetically, it, I don't want to interrupt you, but you reminded me of a great tool that I think we've mentioned called Canopy, which is the, um, Oh yeah. It's if you have a library card, It's the library's access to documentaries and PBS and um, The Great Courses is what I use it for. Oh! (laughs) So it has all the great courses for free (laughs) if you access it through Canopy. It's a streaming service like, you know, Netflix. But you use your local library card to get access and you get like 10 views a month or 10, whatever, 10 checkouts per month, and you can get the great (laughs) courses. So um, keep that in mind. So Kevin,
1: the very next thing on my list was (laughs) the That's why the, the exclamation Uh, music, linguistics, history, engineering, math, art, and philosophy. So those are courses I've done just in the past year thegreatcourses.com have the best damn courses. They're so wonderful. Um, I just find them to be a higher quality. So when lockdown first started a couple of years ago, when I started taking these two-hour walks every day um, out in an empty field, at first I was listening to podcasts. And then I went and pulled up John McWhorter's course on linguistics Mm -hmm. through The Great Courses. And it was so wonderful and so inspiring. And I just thought, man, I've been listening to Hours of nonsense in podcasts. Right. I mean, you know, no offense yeah, to yeah, any yeah, of us yeah. podcasters, but um, but the great courses, it's so edited, so curated,
0: yeah. and so well produced, and yeah. you know Well, it. I mean, during COVID, we watched the, the we watched two on the Great uh, Death Plague, it, um, mm. and it was completely amazing. It blew away everything I thought I knew about the plague and uh, the Black Death mm. was wrong, and um. I didn't think you could have 24 sessions on it. They still learn new things, but yes, it was. And yeah. um, the versions these days are usually recorded in video first. You can get an yeah. audio version, but I do recommend watching a video because they have, you know, um, illustration, slides, graphs, and things like that. Yeah. So um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't recommend them too much, but there are, they are, they have been pricey in the past. They're a little bit less yep. pricey yep. now, <laughs> but if you get your library card and go through Canopy, yeah. you can get them for free. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, maybe which is why they price them at $300, is because there are enough people that get them for free that if just a few people pay the $300, yeah. it's worth it. Um, okay. So let's see. Two more quick shout outs, and then we'll get to the the real ones, right. the real like top four I wanted to get to. Top four. Okay. So Hacker News. Mm News.ycombinator.com. I've been reading this every day for 15 years. Sometimes it's my only source of news and input from the world. It is my one and only, if I'm only going to have one, that's the one. It's a, uh, how do I describe it? It's a, um, well, first we've got to say the definition of a hacker that this is using is not somebody who breaks into other people's computer systems, but hacker like a maker, somebody who can make things do what they want often, which is not their original intention of what it was for. Well put. So it's makers, it's creative people, generally tech nerds. So mm-hmm. a lot of tech entrepreneurs and yeah. techies, but they just post things that are of general interest to other mm-hmm. smart technological people. Mm-hmm. And so just as I was preparing for today's call, literally as of this minute, right now on the front page of Hacker News, is a story called The Life of a Backpacker in Asia in the 1970s by Kevin mm. Kelly. What a coincidence. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Your story is on the front page right now. Oh. Um, I didn't put it there, but it was just a fun coincidence as I was, uh, was going to oh, try to screenshot was... the site for you.
0: I wonder what they're referring but... to. Uh, maybe that was, okay, I think it was Ralph Potts. All right, okay. Yes, Ralph Potts, yes. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: um, And, you know, when you posted your thing on your 70th birthday recently. yeah. Um, uh-huh that was all over the front page and it's got really smart comments. So if you've started to give up on the idea of comments ever being intelligent, like if you've just looked at too many YouTube comments or Reddit or whatever, news.ycombinator.com always has really good, intelligent conversation in the comments. Okay. And they have, I think they employ a full-time moderator to make sure that it stays that way. So highly recommended. Um, Okay. Last runner up thing. is (laughs) you're going to think it's a little strange, I highly recommend a power off switch, which is not a thing you can buy. It's something surprisingly that's built into most devices you can buy, but it's very little used. People tend to put their things to sleep or do not disturb. But one of my favorite endorphin rushes I ever get is when I actually hold down that power button for three seconds until it says power off. Yep power off and it goes and the screen goes from light black to dark black and I feel this sense of like "Ah, okay disconnected now I can focus Mm -hmm. I do the same thing to my broadband modem so like my desktop computer doesn't have wi-fi just has ethernet but whenever it's on I feel like I can feel that it's on or I know that it's on I know it's a placebo right like I know it's Mm -hmm. I know it's on so I actually go into the closet to my broadband modem and powered it off. And then I get this wonderful feeling of disconnection. Hmm. And it's something that uh, I've just found it to be the most inspiring feeling is to disconnect. I think that we're always so connected. Mm-hmm. And so when you suddenly have no, no pings, no notifications, not even the ability to quickly jump online and look up that one little thing you're wondering about, to just know that's like I'm just gonna have to do that later because I can't get online right now, is just one of my favorite feelings. And to know that you're unreachable right
0: now, so um, I, I had for a long time um, a uh, device at the in my garage where my modem comes in that would power down the entire system every day uh, on yeah. a schedule. Now that was for a different reason, which was because it we found that, that was the easiest cure for all kinds of uh, networking problems was to actually oh, power yeah. it down, but you could be used for the same kind of a thing where it's literally off <laughs> each day or each night. And you can't, um, you can't get to it no matter what, unless you went down and turned it on. Yeah. But it was yeah. also, it was sort of more for hygienic reasons. Um, until, yeah. until we went to um, my fiber optic and that had sort of also cured those problems. But yeah, um, Right. you can have little devices that will automatically just shut everything down.
1: You, you just, um, when you said like on a timer, you suddenly made, made me think of the, uh the, the Muslim, the call to prayer, you know, yeah. the countries where it's like every right four hours, three times a day. Like imagine if it was kind of like when you heard that, it meant that you right. had 10 seconds, 10 seconds, you're going to lose your internet. Right, right. Well, yeah, <laughs> Here it, it, it comes is, in 10 seconds. I'm going to disconnect you. Then you'll need to go downstairs and decide if you really want to get right, back right, right.
0: now. Or I'm sure the, you know, Orthodox Jews probably have something like that for the Sabbath where they literally right. turn it off and they can't turn it on until it's over. Yeah. But that would be one way to, to have a Sabbath is you actually have a timed power down thing every week. Yeah. And it just goes off for a day. Yeah. Um, so technological Sabbaths right. are very, very healthy. Everybody I know who yeah. does it just sings the praises, particularly families who... Who, um, who kind of follow that ritual. So it's not, I mean, that's another very healthy thing to consider. Yeah, yeah.
1: right, right now my favorite usage for it is um, about two hours before bed, I go and I shut, I go into the closet and I right. turn off the broadband modem. So I disconnect right, right. a couple hours before bed and I don't turn it back on until I've written for a couple hours in the morning. So I wake wow. up, I'm kind of a morning person. So I wake up with a head full of thoughts and I write for a couple hours first and only after I'm feeling like, you know, I've got some out. Yeah. I go, okay. And I get up and I turn on the modem. Right. Again. That's great. So I, I really enjoy that. But it, I when I turn it off, I just get this feeling of <sighs> endorphins, of inspiring endorphins, knowing that yes, wow, wow. nobody can reach me now. It's time
0: to create. That's fabulous. That's a great, it's a great one. That's a great number two, right? <laughs> so we're on to number one. Uh, um, or is there okay, one? More? Let's see.
1: So those were actually all. We could do this however you'd like. Those were all of my runners up. Okay. <laughs> the um, and for my actual top picks, you asked for four, but all four of these are non-physical things. So okay. that's why I felt like I should give you, you know, sure. some yeah, okay. physical things I could recommend. Sure. So, so my top four are number four, U Block Origin, um. Don't know that especially when in com- combination with the firefox browser you block origin spelled you just the letter u b l o c k, origin o-r-i-g-i-n okay. is an add-on for firefox and i think other browsers it blocks all ads not just the little rectangles from google okay. but i honestly didn't know that youtube had ads until just about a year ago because i've been using ublock origin for so long it just silently blocks all ads. And so suddenly I was on a friend's computer and some like ad came up on YouTube. I was jarred. I said, what, what is that? He goes, it's a YouTube ad, mm-hmm. but YouTube has ads. And he looked at me like I was kidding. He was like waiting for me to laugh. Yeah. And, and so I, that's when I realized the power of uBlock origin. I had never seen a YouTube ad, never seen an ad anywhere online. Right. I can't imagine using the web without it. So I'm sure you've had ad blocker recommendations before. So that's mine. But when I think about what makes the biggest difference in my day-to-day life, you block
0: Origin is at number four. Right. And by the by the way, also I will sing the praises of YouTube Premium, which I... Use yes. Because it doesn't yeah. have ads. Sometimes yeah. the ad blocking, you're forced to undo it or I go to a different browser myself to, to get to a site. To read something that um, the only way you can access it is by turning the ads ad blocker off. Except for I haven't there's... found that yet oh, with yeah with
1: YouTube Origin. I mean with you block origin. I haven't found that yet.
0: Really? All these years. Yeah. Oh, huh, okay. For what well, it's that's, worth. That would be interesting if that works. Okay.
1: Um so number three. Right. Social skills. Okay. I think of social skills as tools. Um, they didn't come naturally to me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I was 19 and I read uh, a book that was on my grandma's shelf called How to Win Friends and Influence mm-hmm. People right, that I thought was the most ridiculous title. But it's a great book. It's it a is. masterpiece. It is. And since then, I've read a few others with equally awful titles, like How to Make Anyone Like You in 90 Seconds or Less.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Awful title. Brilliant book. Because a lot of us are kind of floundering through life doing things like socially that, that feel right. But we all admit that we're awkward or we don't know Mm -hmm. how to take a compliment or you don't know what to say to somebody. And these books actually in a very compassionate way, teach empathy. They teach you to look at the situation from another person's point of view. Um, Even I read on the advice of a friend um, rules of the game Neil Uh Strauss which is a book about the pickup artist scene Mm -hmm. yeah and so so he wrote the game that was like his best-selling story about the pickup artist scene in Hollywood but then afterwards he wrote the rules of the game which is actually like use these techniques to pick up women right so a lot of it is really ill-spirited I I dislike the goal Mm -hmm. but the techniques given a lot of it is just how to be considerate. One of my favorite ones is he talks about, I think part of this is coming from Neil Strauss's um, journalist background, where he talks about how to listen for what he calls fish hooks. I, th- I actually think of them as kind of like the meat hooks that you imagine in those
0: mm-hmm.
1: meatpacking plants with the hooks on the ceiling, is when somebody's talking and says something like, you know, well, back where I grew up, we didn't do that kind of thing. And you say, oh, well, where did you grow up? All right. And you just, you learn to listen for questions in what people are saying to help you get to know them better. And that's the real goal. It helps you connect to other people better. But it's things that didn't come naturally to me that I had to learn and then practice and then internalize. And so now you, people think I'm an extrovert, but you know.
0: So you mentioned the, the Dale Carnegie book about how to influence mm-hmm. people. Uh, what are some of the other books that you might, or other tools that you might re- uh, recommend for people to, learn better to how to acquire these social skills
1: well so far every book i've ever read around the subject has been good so just quickly off the top of my head there was one called power schmoozing years ago that's out of print now but that was great um there was one that was i think it's called how to make people like you in 90 seconds or less um that that yeah uh, how to win friends and influence people of course was like the original masterpiece from the 1930s you should start with that because it feels like every book since then is kind of yeah. Derivative of that one.
0: So right. and, and it's and, and that book still holds up after all these years. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's kind of, kind of got a funny style. You kind of have to imagine that he's speaking it like this. It's yeah. that kind of times. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's how to be considerate. Right. That's what it's, that's to me, if I could retitle it would be how to be considerate. Right. And I think that's just the essence of everything from marketing to communicating, to public speaking, to writing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all, being considerate, to understand how you come across in the eyes of others, yeah. and how to be considerate of
0: their needs instead of your right. own. No, I I, rec- I I would recommend that as a great place to start picking up social skills. So thank you.
1: Um, <laughs> and, just, and this is what I meant, like when I said I spent so many hours preparing for this conversation, is I wanted to be honest. I didn't want to, you know, just hold up something because I thought you wanted me to. I wanted to be yeah. honest about what has made the biggest difference in my life. So yeah, when I really thought about it, social skills uh, were in my top four because I use those just in day-to-day interactions mm-hmm. and they are a tool um, mm-hmm. that you use to be considered. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So um, number two, we don't need to dwell on that long, is a little bit of programming. I mm-hmm. highly recommend to anyone because this tool has changed my life so much. It can be learning a little bit of JavaScript or Python or Ruby or Lua or any number of these languages that are just general purpose languages to make a computer do what you want it to do. Um, The ability to pull information from somewhere, filter it, transform it, output it, send it, present it. Um, I just find it so useful for day-to-day things online. Um, And bonus points, if you keep your own database, if you learn a little SQL or even uh, FileMaker or Microsoft Access, something where you keep your own database of things, you know, your quantified self-project, uh-huh. um, whether it's music libraries, contacts, um, all the people you know, keeping your own database of contacts or calendars or whatever. The the ability to do this has just given me so much. It makes me feel less of a... Less beholden. Mm-hmm. Like I've been selling my own books directly on my own site for years without Amazon Mm -hmm. and sold almost half a million dollars of them so far, which I gave all to charity to save people's lives in, you know, from malaria and stuff. And, and it would have been so much less if I would have only sold through Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, And the ability to do that was just, I'm not an expert. I'm just an amateur, but I just learned a little bit of programming, which can go so far.
0: So how would someone like me who knows no programming whatsoever, Learn a little programming. What would you suggest um, the best way to learn a little programming?
1: So I learned before this existed, but everybody raves and swears about this since is uh, freecodecamp.org. Okay. Yeah, free,
0: free code camp. Free
1: code camp. Um, I used to recommend books to people because I'm kind of a book learner right. nerd. Um, and a lot of people got back to me saying hey the book you recommended was good but free code camp oh my god that changed my life and i still get these emails from people that that were working a dumb job they hated 3 years ago they read one of my articles yeah. saying you should really learn to program right and then they email me like 2 years later saying you know what your article is the thing that pushed me over the edge i took your advice i did free code camp 6 months ago i quit my old job that i hated i instantly got a great job programming I'm making three times as much money, I'm so right, much happier. Like, it's so sweet to get these emails, but not just for, not just for money or career reasons, but just day-to-day empowerment. So you feel that you're using technology more than it using you. Right, you know, right, it, right. It can be a fine line where we can feel that we are the, we are the object and they are the verb. You know? So the idea
0: with free code camp, as far as you understand it, is you can sign up for a free course that's online course of some sort, and they'll mm-hmm. give you exercises. And presumably, I don't think there'll be actual live teachers, but there'll be some kind of a, a curriculum that you would follow through. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And sorry, I haven't done it. I kind of learned slowly and yes. hard through right, books. Right, but right. Um, whatever methodology works for you, anything will work. But um, yeah, if somebody hadn't started anywhere, I think you could do some basic html learn some learn the basics of html in a few days and then css and then i think probably today start with javascript if you don't know where to start okay you might eventually add python to that but i think these days javascript can do everything you'll need to do and knowing javascript is the best kind of all-around multi-tool for making things happen
0: that's great Okay, so number one, you'll number see this one. is related. I think we need a drum so roll of some like, sort. You
1: know. <laughs> I'm not looking at the time. I don't know if I've taken way too long to get it. No, no, to no. We're just, you're just right no. on time. Okay, number one, and, and I got to tell you, this is after many hours of thought, thinking about my life, you know, like 12 days or so since you've asked me to come here. And I've just been thinking about what the, made the biggest difference in my life. And it is a regular, general purpose, unlimited computer, which I think is underrated these days. And despite all those adjectives, I basically just mean a computer, a desktop PC, uh, a laptop of any brand, as long as it's something that is unlimited. Meaning, you know, you wrote about in um, What Technology Wants, about how technology wants to specialize. Right. Um, And hold on, I actually jotted it down because I like the way you put this. Um, where you said the the specificity is where consumers might appreciate it the most. But for us creators, we need the generality, right? So if things start general and get specific, or their technology is born from general use and Mm -hmm. grows more specific, Mm -hmm. I think those of us, probably people listening to Cool Tools, we are creators of things. And so... I think the general purpose, unlimited computer has become really underrated. And when I started selling my own books on my website, Uh, I'd get frustrated emails from people saying, but I I have the MP3 audio file here in Safari. I'm trying to get it to open in my thing, but I can't. And it's like, well, Apple sandboxed the apps. So I don't know, you kind of can't or you have to an app would have to make special permissions. And so I think people have gotten used to phones limiting them in some way. You can only do what they tell you you can do with it. It's really sandboxed and locked down. Whereas like a general purpose, unlimited computer. And I keep saying unlimited because it's like not limited by, by like a, by security lockdowns or by Mm. a business's sandbox model for the apps. Instead, it's like, Hey, whatever a computer can do, you can do it. And that's again, made the biggest difference in my life. It's just all day, every day, making a computer do what I want, even if it's not what a company wants me to do. So let's
0: say you have a young student, maybe they're 16 or 17 years old and they want, they want to adopt your philosophy of the most powerful tool they could possibly get is this unlimited and uh, the desktop computer. Um, mm-hmm. And they've a limited amount of money. What would you suggest that they buy?
1: Um. <laughs>
0: <Should> you say <laughs> you get something that can run Unix just, and don't get locked into Android or oh, iOS. Oh or, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so sorry. That's kind of
1: what I'm, I guess when I'm, I'm contrasting it with the idea of using your phone for everything. Like I think maybe, um, phones, phones came out and they were amazing. And so there was this feeling of, well, let's see what we can do with it. And after a while, then people had two devices, they had their old computer that might be sitting at home next to a pile of clothes, but then they had their phone that was with them always. So they tried to start using their phone for everything. But I think it wasn't really, it's not the best tool for that. I think the general purpose computer back at home is still the best tool. So sorry, you asked which one. I've even been I just got my first Raspberry Pi this year, and I'm surprised Mm. how much it can do. So if somebody's really constrained by funds, a $25 Raspberry Pi can do everything. It's a little slow, but it can do everything. My best bang for the buck, I think, is if you go to eBay and find somebody selling an old Lenovo IBM. No, sorry, they don't say IBM anymore. Lenovo ThinkPad. Find a ThinkPad from you know, just a, 10 years ago, eight years ago, there's a T series like the T400s, T440s. Mm. They're amazing workhorses that everybody still swears by. They last forever. They're still perfectly good. And you can get them for a couple hundred bucks and they're great. Um, and computers, you know, haven't degraded that much in the past 10 years. Yeah. There used to be that Moore's law where you'd really feel like a six year old computer was useless, but that's not true anymore. Um, and then if you can, if you're wondering what, where to start for an operating system, uh, just install Ubuntu, U B U N T U, which is a Linux that's very beginner-friendly, but yet powerful enough to do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing is more the more the mentality. So instead of trying to make your phone do everything, and saying, "Well, there's there's this thing I want to do, let me see if somebody's written an app mm-hmm. to let my phone do it." Um, to me, that's a little bit like as if we all treated our cars in a way like, imagine if our dashboards had multiple choice buttons on them when you could, you could go to the mall, you could go to work, <laughs> you could go home, you go to Jeff's house, you go, to this, go to, to this destination. But then if you said, I kind of want to go to that old craggly forest back behind right, right. the rock quarry, it's like, well, can't do it. Maybe somebody will write me an app to let me do that. And then they'd have to send it to Ford, who would, you know, authorize it and beam it to your thing. Hey, look at that. For only $25 now, I can go to the old Craggly Forest. So with a general purpose unlimited computer, laptop or desktop, doesn't matter. Um, Oh, by the way, quick recommendation for desktop, um, silentpc.com. If you care about noise like I do, silentpc.com, they're in Seattle or somewhere in Washington, huh? um, they make absolutely silent PCs with no fans, no moving parts, which I just swear by. So my desktop just off screen there is a beautiful uh, thing from silentpc.com. Just a box this big with no moving parts, totally silent. I love it. And the best laptop these days, if you can afford a brand new one, look at Framework, which is a web. The website is frame, F-R-A-M-E dot W-O-R-K mm-hmm. is their website.
0: Frame what's, dot good about, work. what's good about those frameworks?
1: Interchangeable. They finally made the, the hacker's uh, maker's dream happen. The parts of a framework laptop are, they're like Lego blocks. You can pull out a Wi-Fi card, stick in another one, pull out this. You can replace the keyboard. You can pull out the CPU, put in a faster one someday. It's, it's a Lego blocks of a laptop. And I don't have one yet, but mm-hmm. the next laptop I would get would probably be that. But, yeah. Um. Yeah. Asking for what to recommend, I think it's more of a mindset than is letting your phone be a phone and not trying to use it for everything, and getting more comfortable again with the old fashioned general purpose computer, and enjoying its kind of unlimited right. ability to do. So, whatever I mean,
0: in, in a certain sense, the phone is sort of a consumer thing, whereas your desktop is more of a creator tool
1: i think of it that way and um
0: i i guess the ultimate would be if you could create apps for your phone (laughs) that you wanted using your desktop
1: there is kind of a way with um some android phones are kind of hackable you can do a root kit and you can get root and i think android at its core is kind of linux yeah but you're really um fighting an uphill battle whereas you just get a laptop or a desktop it's uh It could just do what you want.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, that's- There we go. That's my number one top pick. Sorry, it took a long time. No, I mean,
0: you're you're right. You're absolutely right. It is the most powerful consumer technology or creative technology we have, which is um, the PC, the personal computer. And um, uh, it's a good reminder that moving to mobile is very constraining. It has a cost. It has a convenience, but there's a, a cost that we give up for that in terms of being- Generating things. So, thank you for that reminder. Yeah. It's really perfect. Yeah. I love your your top ten great choices. So we have a f- <laughs> we have a few minutes left, Derek. Um, is there something that you are currently working on a current project that you want to share? Um, and tell people about.
1: Uh, well, I brought my little stack of books. Um, these are my four books so far. I had only been writing. a uh, Blog posts for years and uh never intended to write a book. But then in 2011, Seth Godin started a new publishing company and, like, literally called me. My phone rang one day and he said, It's Seth, I'm starting a publishing company. I want you to be my first author. And I said, Okay. So um, people really liked my first book, which was Anything You Want, my little story of how I built and grew and sold CD Baby and that more like the, the, uh, The Philosophy of Generosity in Entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what that one's about. And then I gathered all of my advice for musicians into this book called Your Music and People, Creative and Considerate Fame, uh, which is because I ran this music company called CD Baby for 10 years, where uh, about 150,000 musicians used me to sell their music. I got to see what works Mm -hmm. and why and what doesn't. And so I wrote your music and people about how to Mm. get your music into people and through people. And then uh, people really liked one of my philosophies called hell yeah or no (laughs) about what's worth doing. Uh, That if you're feeling anything less than hell yeah about something, you should say no to it because most of us say yes to too many things. Whereas if you say no to most things, I found that it kind of, it leaves... The space in your life right, so that when you find the occasional rare thing that really excites you, you can throw yourself into it completely because you've left room in your life right to do so
0: that's very wise and incredibly wise. and then
1: my newest one, which I just threw myself into for four years, and I'm so uh-huh. proud of how to live right. uh, twenty seven conflicting answers <laughs> and one weird conclusion <laughs> um, this is like. Okay. I know a lot of new parents have Uh, felt this where you have a kid and you think, what if I don't live long enough to teach my kid all the things mm -hmm. I learned? I want to write a book sharing everything. So for four years, like full time, I wrote how to live and my rough draft of it was 1300 pages. (laughs) I thought, well, that's no good. So I spent two more years editing it down to 110 pages and um yeah i'm just so damn proud of it it's like the culmination of everything i've ever done right, right. if i did nothing else in my life but this one book i'd feel that was like a life well lived
0: well no i'm so proud of it yeah has your son looked at it <laughs> no
1: <laughs> he um he doesn't really read much yet he likes comic books so okay. far he knows my All books right. are there he hasn't uh gotten into them yet but they're there for but it's
0: kind of for him in many ways right
1: uh it's that was the original inspiration but it ended up becoming it ended up becoming a philosophy of conflicting philosophies Uh that i'm very wary when anybody says i'm sorry yeah i didn't really explain this much We, we we both read a lot of Nonfiction books. Right. And it's funny when you read a nonfiction book that says, This is the answer. This is the way you should do things. And you read it and you think, That's a really good point. And then another book says, No, 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 no. This is the answer. Uh-huh. Forget that guy. <laughs> this is the way to do things. And you think, Well, that's also a really good point. Well, how do you reconcile this uh-huh. in your head? So have you read the book called Some by David Eagleman?
0: Yes. You have, of course. Okay,
1: good. Yeah. Do you remember? So this format. So everybody listening, if you haven't read Some, "Sum" S U M by David Eagleman yet, you must. I think it's my single favorite book of all time. Um, well, Some what, is what written? Has, is
0: there, there, there are alternative scenarios for the afterlife. So yes, basic premise is you die, and then he has I don't know maybe sixty different possible um scenarios because they're not all plausible but they're all interesting (laughs) okay
1: but i what i love about the the book sum is how those different scenarios are juxtaposed and each one acts like it is the answer so it'll be like chapter three when you die somebody greets you to tell you that in your last life you chose to be a human but in this life you can choose to be any other and and then that's a brilliant little two or three page short story Right. But then the very next chapter that will say, when you die, you're in a big empty mansion and you walk around for days trying to figure out what's going on. Right. And then you find out that God's not here. Right. <laughs> he, he's the creator, not the manager. Right, right, right. He created us billions of years ago, made the first right, little, right. you know, knocked over the first domino
0: and is off doing other things. He doesn't right. even know we exist. And um, so, so anyway. all of them can't possibly be true.
1: Right. And what I love, though, is the confidence, the format when you're reading a book. It's, you know, every single chapter disagrees with every other chapter. The way that we're used to books disagreeing with each other, how badass to have one book where the chapters disagree with each other. So after reading and loving some, one day I was like just driving down the road and I went, I want to write a book called How to Live in that format, right? where all these different ways that you could live your life, each chapter says, no, no, no this is how you should do it uh-huh. this is how to live you should live for the moment all there is is the now right the future is your imagination the past is just the memory right. all we really have is this moment so therefore the way to live is to live in the moment right and then the very next cha- and then make a really convincing argument right right,
0: right and then right. the
1: very next chapter will say here's how to live think of the future
0: right like
1: Delay gratification. Right.
0: Don't live for the moment. Best way to
1: live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forget the moment. No, no. Forget that. That's just pleasure. Don't be a hedonist. Right. Think of the future, and and make the most convincing argument you can. And then, and then, how do you wrap this up? the The whole book has a really weird conclusion mm-hmm. that I I have to just leave for. Right. It, it would make no sense until you right, read it. Right, so, right. that's my yeah, book. So get the book. get
0: the book. Get the book. And um, it's a lovely, uh, fantastic way that you um, rolled out those scenarios about how to live. Um, I've enjoyed all those books. I've read all of them. And um, oh, thank you! um, Thank you for them putting them into the world.
1: Well, I was so happy to send them to you because you know you've sent me your uh, the silver cord, and now right now the uh, the, your newest uh, Asia Asia book is yes. Is, uh, is, oh my God, like talk about my kid learning geography. Now these blobs on the map we're going right. through and he's you know, looking yeah. at the captions below the photos and putting it all together. And that's, yeah. that? that's what that looks like. Yeah. yeah. Thank you well, for great. sending me those.
0: Thank you again, Derek, for these fantastic, um, very <laughs> refreshing um, uh, recommendations from the physical to the intangible. Really, really great. It's always wonderful to talk to you and chat with you. I love your enthusiasm. It's so rare to have that kind of enthusiasm for all things in life. You seem to be having a great time in New Zealand. So thank you again for joining us. Um, Well, thanks
1: for changing my life,
0: Kevin. Okay. (laughs) Love to see you again sometime. (laughs) Someday. All righty. We're glad that you enjoyed this issue of the Cool Tools Show and Tell. Just want to remind you that we have some other coolish material on our YouTube channel here. Please subscribe, comment, like. In addition, um, this cool tools show and tell is also available in an audible podcast form. You can subscribe to it wherever you subscribe to other podcasts. If you just wanted to listen, and if you are listening, know that there is a visual version of this on our YouTube channel. We're, we're actually showing the tools and um, there's a little bit more of a visual component there. In addition, the same folks that put us, uh, the Cool Tools website out, we also put out a free newsletter every week. It's very, very short. It's one page or less. We recommend six very brief items um, that are very succinct, easy to read. You can, deal with it in a couple minutes, and every week we bring to you the six cool things that we have uncovered and want to share. And it's called Recommendo, with one M, recommendo.com. You'll be able to find it there. It's free. Join 50,000-plus other subscribers every Sunday morning. You'll get it in your email box. And it's actually one of the most popular things that we produce. But we do produce other newsletters as well. One of them is called What's in Your Bag?, we have one that goes out to um, tools and tips for your workshop. So you can get those at our website, um, and they are also free. And finally, um, I want to mention the fact that um, we do have a Patreon, and um, this uh, podcast and this vidcast are supported by patron supporters. The minimum is a dollar a month. And for that, you get um, an email. To ask us anything. We'll respond and um, answer your question if we're able to. If there are other higher levels. You can all see those at our Patreon page, and all those links are below right here. So thank you again for being a fan, and um, we'll keep producing stuff if you enjoy it. Thanks. We give thanks to this week's patrons who include Dan Dow, Bruce Bear, Shiraz Shirwani, Ed O'Brien, Mary... Esther Brooks, Dan Spakowicz, Maureen Gronick, Pilibeen, Santiago Uribe, and Kevin Sill. Thank you all for your support.